We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. My sermon name today is it's Figs in a Vineyard, amen? So Luke chapter 13, verse number 6. And he, Jesus, spoke a parable that a certain man had a fig tree that he planted in his vineyard. Amen? When you're planting a fig tree, first of all, you got to uproot it from somewhere, right? You got to go get a fig tree from somewhere. I used to buy plants all the time because I'm kind of like a gardener. So you got to go get that plant first. He went and got it, and then he put it into, this, into his vineyard. Amen? So his gardener, he said, here, gardener, plant this fig tree. So they plant this fig tree, right? So he came and sought fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the vine dresser, he said, Behold, for these three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. So cut it down. Why should it use up the resources of the ground? And he answered and said to him, Lord, let it alone for this one more year till I dig around it and put some dung in that little, he's, he's like going to build a moat around this fig tree, right? And he's going to put this dung in there. Everybody know what dung is? Dung don't smell so good. No, it's not always good. But you know, it, when you live on a farm, I don't know how many farmers we have out here. To a farmer, you know, that's, that dung smells not too bad. You know, it, as long as it's not pig. If it's cow, you know, it's kind of cool. So anyway, so... Put the dung in, in, in around there, and they put water in there. And he said, and if it bears fruit, very good. But if it doesn't, then we'll cut it down. Amen? Amen? So we're seeing in, in this parable that, that this fig tree represents something, right? It represents something. It really represents our lives. In fact, if we read back to, to verse number one, you'll see that they're telling Jesus in this season, they said that it was Pilate, I guess he had killed some folks and took their blood and mixed it with the sacrifice. And Jesus asked him, do you, do you really think what these guys did, what these dead people did is worse than anything that anybody else has done? That their sins were so bad that we just cut them down? Jesus says, no, but unless you repent, you're going to go the same way. Then Jesus reminded them about 18 who were killed prior to this parable. And he asked, well, do you think that these people were that great a sinner that, that I just decided to take them out for no reason? He said, unless you repent, you're going to deal with the same death. And you know what we do? We really don't give a lot of thought about death, the death process, right? A lot of people die. They die, I guess they call it intestate, where they didn't make up a will or they didn't have any plans. You know what? You need to plan on your death, amen? Because it's inevitable. So you don't need to walk past it and think that, oh, it's okay. No, you need to get yourself prepared. And the best place to get prepared is through Christ. Jesus said, unless you repent, you're going to go the same way. So we got to get ourselves ready. But God is looking for something from us while we're here. He's looking for figs. Figs. Are you a fig today? Are you producing figs? I'd like to ask this question. Everybody who invited someone here today as a visitor, and they are here, put your hand up. Amen. That's what God is looking for. That is called fruit. 
That is called fruit. Listen, the only way you can make fruit is to get yourself prepared to draw fruit. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, what they'll say is, you know what, I, I, I don't witness very well because, you know, I'm a little shy and, and I, try to, I try to talk and, and then I, I don't want to say, listen, you better get over all of that. Amen. You better get over your shyness. You better get over your brokenness. God is looking for figs. He's looking for figs. So if you're shy or, or, or got some things going on in your life, this is a good place. Get your healing. Oh, I love, oh, fear bow. Get that fear out of the way. Amen. But to produce really good fruit, you have to have that inward fruit first. Amen. And those are called the fruit of the spirit, right? And we'll find the fruit of this in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, peace, long-suffering, which is patience. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which is self-control. We're living in a crazy, crazy world. Look at the, pol- the political climate in this country. Look at it across the world. You know what the church is doing? They're being distracted by all that nonsense that ain't going to make any sense in eternity. Worrying about who the president is, worrying about who's in Congress, worrying about every little thing but Jesus returning and calling his church back. We have to produce good, sound fruit. And without that internal fruit, you won't be able to produce any external fruit. You need that internal fruit. You need that love. You need that joy. You need that peace. You need patience. Where do we get that from? We get that through character. And what character? Jesus Christ will give you the character to be the person you need to be in order to win. In order to win. You need to win this. You need to win. Amen. That internal fruit produces external fruit, does it not? You know what? They talk about meekness. You know what I find in the earth today? A lot of pride. Everybody's proud. I'm so proud of my, I'm so proud of my church. I'm so proud of my dad. I'm so proud of my skills. I'm so proud, proud, proud. Pride is the only disease that makes everybody else sick except the one that has it. That will stop you from producing fruit because nobody wants to walk with nobody proud. You got to beware of pride. You got to beware. So when, when Jesus told this parable, you know that in the Middle East, fig trees are very common. In fact, I believe there's 124 species of this fig tree. But fig trees can be temperamental like anything else. I grow orchids at home. I love plants. I just love plants. So I grow these orchids, right? And I've got these six orchids. I didn't realize they were root bound. In fact, one of them broke glass. The orchid was not producing. It, was, it wasn't flowering. And I'm wondering, why are not my orchids flowering? But I didn't realize the environment that that plant was in was creating it to stop producing what it needed to be. You know what? We all live in different environments. But there's no excuse for not producing. No excuse. So fig trees are are kind of temperamental. But if you know who you are in Christ, that should overshadow everything in your past, present, and future. Because the Bible says, and like that fig tree, let's hold on, let me go back to the fig tree for one second before I go there. The fig tree was in a vineyard, right? Who puts a fig tree in a vineyard? That is so strange because, number one, if you don't watch the vines, they'll grow up on a fig tree and choke it out. 
Grapevines will kill stuff. Listen, if you lay there long enough, it'll kill you. So this grapevine will grow and come across the ground, but you know we got a gardener, and he's watching that grapevine because he's trimming it and pruning it up. You ever go by the vineyards up there in Michigan, how beautiful they are? That, that plant's only about that tall and it's growing along a fence, and somebody's doing something. I mean, it didn't just get there, but this fig tree, it, it is a, it's bodacious. I mean, its root system will go out way out there into that vineyard. It'll, it'll take up some vineyard space. Its branches will take over and shoot way out and take up a lot of ground. That's what made that owner so upset. He said, this thing is using up my resources and not producing fruit. It's using up resources, and that's what some of us do to God. We use up the resources, and we don't produce fruit. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. The requirement for what you're getting from God is greater than what you're getting. Because you know what? We, we think, you know, we blessings overtake us, right? Overtake us, overtake us. But most of us are chasing after our blessings instead of letting the blessing overtake us. See, when you walk toward God and your focus is on the Lord, that blessing runs up behind you like a football player and tackles you to the ground. It overtakes you. See, you're running after the gift instead of running after the giver. Oh, y'all don't hear me this morning. Look, it got quiet up in here. I've been trying to do my job, Pastor, but oh, my God. <laughs> Are you really trying? Are you really focusing on what is real? Or are you just coming like a social club? Is this, just, is this a social club? Oh, when's the, when, when's the coffee and snacks and, trump, and crumpets begin? See, if you don't know who you are, that you're peculiar, that you really don't belong in the vineyard, but there you are, you will never produce good fruit because you have to quit looking at where you are and start wondering about what you are. Quit looking about, quit looking around, amen? Because 2 Peter says, 2 Peter 2 and 9 says this, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. People for whom are my possessions. God made you his possession. And you're peculiar. Look at your neighbor and say, you're peculiar. You're strange looking. You're different. And listen, if you're not standing out as different, then you're just like everybody else. You're different. You're an alien. You got 12 arms. You're an alien. And if you don't see yourself like an alien, you'll be acting like everybody else. Everybody else. If you look at the world, they're totally distracted. Boy, you listen to Fox News and CNN and oh my God, there is a crying shame what's going on out in the world today. But that is the enemy's way of keeping you distracted long enough not to produce fruit. So the church is primarily distracted, Pastor. They're distracted. They're, they're watching all this stuff on the news. They're more interested in the football game than they are reading their Bible. Oh, Lord, help me. And football's cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that should be like just extra time, this time you ain't got nothing to do. But your main topic should be Christ. Your main subject should be Christ. Listen, you like movies, right? There's love stories in that Bible. There's cowboy and western. 
Get up. There's caveman type stuff. There's Job where they talk about fire-breathing dragons for all you out there in the mystic world. There's every little story you can think of. There's love. There's drama. There's soap. There's everything you could possibly imagine in that Bible for you to learn about God. If you know more about football than you know about God, you are on the wrong team. So how long does it take to produce mature fruit, right? How long? How long have you been sitting out there talking about, well, I, Pastor, I, I bring folks, but they don't want to listen to me. You know what? Maybe they don't want to listen to you because you're just like them. Maybe you're not peculiar enough where they're seeing you acting like a real Christian where people want to be like you. Because when you're acting like a real Christian, you don't pay a lot of attention to stuff around you. You just become like meek. You become humble. And and then they'll see the blessings come on you. And the first thing they're going to want, they're going to want that same blessing you got. But when you're always running around bragging about what you got and who did this and who did that, or if you're hung up on what daddy did 25 years ago and here you are 26... You're wasting your time, you're wasting God's time, and you're wasting pastor's time. Because all of us have been through a lot of things, amen? We've been through a lot of stuff. Me too. I've been through a lot of stuff. So let's talk about the fruit for a minute. So he'd been looking for fruit for three years, right? He'd been looking for fruit for three years. And listen, this is an owner of a vineyard, right? And he should know something about plants. So it takes a fig tree three to five years to produce good fruit. So he waits five years before he even starts looking for fruit. So there's five, three to five. Let's just give it five because some of y'all need a little time. So we'll give you that five years. We're going to give you five years. Amen. So five years before it will produce good fruit. And if you know anything about Levitical law, there's the law of first fruit, which God says you can't even eat the fruit when it becomes mature for three more years. That's eight years right there. Eight. And the owner came another three years. How many? Is that? Eight plus three. Oh, my goodness. These folks are smart up in here, Pastor. And they can do math. I'm impressed. So what did Jesus say? Let's wait one more year. That's 12 years. 12 years. Looking for fruit. He knew the law. He knew how long it had been there. He knew. He planted it himself. But he got tired of it because it's just using up resources. So he talked about, Jesus talked about that tower that fell down on 18 and killed 18. What did he say? Unless you repent. You know what? Sometimes the church needs to just stop and repent. And you know what? You can repent every day just like you praise every day. Because you know what? Don't think you're without sin. Because some of us eat too much. Some of us drink too much. Some of us say the wrong things at the wrong time. Some of us think. And let me tell you what. The battleground is right here. The Bible says as a man thinks, that's who he is. So if you look at your neighbor and you're always thinking something despicable. I like that word. Bugs Buddy, despicable. See, that's old school. I'm dating myself. (laughs) Sometimes your thought life isn't right. 
And you know what? Nobody knows your thought life like Jesus. So if you're thinking about, Jesus says, if you look at a woman to lust after her, right? You've already committed the sin in your heart. See, a lot of us are sinning in our minds. And you know what the devil does? He uses that as an excuse to keep you pulled down. He uses it to pull you down. Twelve years, pulled down to the ground. But figs have issues. What? Yeah, you're out there witnessing some, to somebody and maybe they're a victim of child molestation. You don't know. You don't know what that person's gone through. You don't know. Maybe they've been abused all their lives. Maybe they've been abused in other ways. Maybe their dad used to just, I mean, whip them to the ground. That's why the tree has to be able to produce fruit. In order to produce fruit, it has to be able to get the things from the ground that it needs to produce good fruit. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about going out and witnessing, first thing I need to do is, Lord, what do I need to say to him or her? What can I say to draw them out of their past and into a new future? What can I do? So you ask God and God, listen, God will give you the words. He'll put it right in your heart. And not only that, listen, if you believe in the gifts of the spirit, God will actually give you a prophetic word. You say, well, I'm not no prophet. You don't have to be. Just let God use you. Let him do what he's going to do with you. Let him use you. That way you're talking the right stuff. You're saying the right things. But your life has to be right with God in order for you to produce this fruit. You got to get yourself together. So the environment has a lot to do with them and you. Them and you. I grew up, my father was the child of a slave. He was old when he had us. I'm 62, but he was a, a child of, a, I should say, a former slave or someone that came out of slavery. So when they raised children back in those days, they didn't really say, I love you a lot, and they didn't pamper you. They just made you into this workhorse because they didn't want, they didn't want those ones who didn't like slaves to come and kill you so they'd make you strong and tough and never say they love you but oh my god the effects of that on the community and on children like myself they're devastating you get to the place where all you think you are is somebody else's tool instead of being free in your mind your mind is being held back by the very things of your past it's sort of like abortion ladies a lot of you ladies suffer because you had an abortion and you think you can never be good enough. I'm telling you, Jesus died for that thing you did. He died for it. Jesus didn't just die for what you did. He died for what you're doing and what you might do. Past, present, and future, get over it. Get over it. Get over your past. Get over the things that hurt you. Take it to God. He says, cast your cares on me because I care about you. Throw your mess on me. I'll take it all. And let me tell you, he carried it without complaining, not once. Oh, I got to take Pastor Ray's sin. You know, he, boy, he's a fornicator. Oh, I'll give me my fornication back. I'll carry it. No, I can't carry it. It's too heavy for me. You can't carry that abortion. It's too heavy for you. You can't carry that pornography. It's too heavy for you. You can't carry that abused child syndrome. It's too heavy. The only 
one that can carry it is Jesus. And until you put it down, you will never be fruitful. Never. Because that thing will drag you down. It'll drag you down to the ground. Y'all remember the, the um, Scrooge? Do you, since it's the Christmas season, can I use that as okay? A Christmas season, okay, okay quick. Oh, y'all too serious. Don't make me come down there. <laughs> anyway, Scrooge's buddy in business was named Jacob Marley. Remember Jacob? Let me see the hands of you to remember Jacob. Dang it. A little slow, but that's okay. <laughs> Jacob Marley was the first ghost, and when he came, do you remember how he looked? Anybody? He had all these chains and bars and cans, and he's pulling all this stuff behind. That's how Christians look when they're carrying all that mess. They walking through the world, and they got all these chains and bars and stuff, and they're dragging, and they're barely walking because they're so loaded down with guilt and shame and brokenness, they're unable to be fruitful. Cut it loose. Jesus has already broke the chain. Walk away. Don't look back. Get on the bus, Gus. No need to discuss much. Drop off the key, Lee. Set yourself free. Get on the bus, Gus. Ain't it? There must be 15 ways to leave your heartache. <laughs> So figs got issues. Figs have issues. And the only way around those issues is Jesus Christ. Jesus told another parable about the sower, how he went out and sowed. He was sowing seed, and that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm just casting. You know what? It doesn't care. The guy that was sowing those seeds, some fell by the wayside. He's out there throwing seed everywhere because some fell by the wayside. What's the seed doing on the wayside? The seed's supposed to be in the trench in the garden. But it doesn't matter where the soul were sold because a lot of you are sitting by the wayside. A lot of you are sitting by the wayside waiting for somebody to come water you. Listen, Jesus already did all the watering. So those ones that were by the wayside, they heard the word and Satan came immediately and took it away from them. Amen? Took it out of their hearts. And those that fell on stony ground. I love these stony ground people who when they heard the word immediately received it with gladness. Those are the funny ones. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. But as soon as the pressure of life came, they walked away. You know what? Sometimes we can start producing the most beautiful fruit and pressure, the pressure will make those figs fall right off of that tree because of a drought or because of some climate condition that happened around that fruit tree, what's it going to take for you? What's it take for you to drop all your fruit? What is it that's holding you up? Is it a boyfriend? Is it crack? Methamphetamine? Painkillers? What is it causing you? So life's just going to happen. You need to get over it. Life's going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. The devil's going to make sure that you're upset. He's going to make sure you're mad. He's going to make sure. He just do all that stuff to you. He does it to us all. But see, the thing about it, Satan wants to make like you, you the only, I'm the only one going through this. I'm, you know what? Everybody's going through something. If Satan can isolate you, then he can really tear you up. It's like that sheep, you know, when the sheep, when the wolves come around the sheep, the older sheep get to the outside and they start backing up around the little sheep. But sometimes that little sheep, he's in the center and he didn't got so scared, he takes off out of that pack. And what's the, the wolves all leave the pack and go after the one. Listen, they're getting ready to have lamb chops. Fear will drive you 
right out of the kingdom of God. Right out of your productive state into a state of non-productive. Unproductive. You're not alone. Jesus says, I'll always be with you. Always, no matter what you're going through. If you got cancer, Jesus is there. If you're dying on the ground, Jesus is there. If you're if your father or your son or someone's passing, Jesus is right there. What are you going to look at? The circumstances or are you going to keep your eyes on Christ? You're going to be just like Peter. You know what Peter had to do? The last thing Peter had to do to trust God was let go of the boat. When you let go of your problems, you'll walk on water. When you do the will of the Father, you will walk on water. When you trust God in all that you're doing, you will walk on water. You'll do miracles. Miracles. There's one more thing that's going to be a problem to producing fruit, and that's unforgiveness. I want to touch on that. The Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those. That's a condition. Forgive my debts as I forgive others' debts. A lot of us are walking around holding on to people's debts. Oh, he borrowed $20 from me. I ain't seen him since, you know. And he said he's going to have it next week. He ain't got you holding on to somebody's debt, not realizing that that debt has become your own. A condition for forgiveness is, is to forgive. You have to forgive your neighbor. You have to forgive. You have to forgive your father, your wife, your husband, your stepmother, your mother-in-law. You got to forgive them. You got to let them off the hook because if you don't let them off the hook, you will remain on the hook yourself. Satan is so tricky. Listen, he he walks around studying you to figure out what what can I do to make them drop their fruit? What can I do to make them unfruitful? What can I do to bind them? I'm going to close with this last scripture. This last scripture. Psalms 1 and 1. Anybody know what a mantra is? If you ever had a mantra, Psalms 1 should be it. Psalms 1 should be it. When you find yourself in a place where you just, you should quote this psalm to yourself. I'm going to read the first half. It says, blessed is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. He doesn't stand, sit, or walk where sinners are. If you're going to be peculiar, separate yourself from that, that where the coffee pot is at work. You know, everybody gather around the coffee pot. Did you see what happened last night? Then they start rumoring about people there, and they're, you're sitting there smiling because it feels good, and sin always feels good. Wee! But it's wrong. And what it's doing is it's choking the life out of your tree. Walk away. Don't laugh. So blessed is the man that does not walk, stand, or sit with sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Do we have any day and night meditators in here? Don't put your hand up. Because some people will be embarrassed because they don't, don't even, they don't even open their book. There's probably so much dust on it, Windex wouldn't even help. Just saying, just saying. You got to open that book. You got to get into the word. You got to meditate on the word. You got to get it in your heart. David said, your word, if I hid in my heart, that I would not what? Sin against you, God. 
And yet God called David a man after his own heart. The man who took Uriah, the husband of, of Bathsheba, made her pregnant, put Uriah on the front line, had him killed. She's pregnant, going to give birth to a baby. And God said, a man after my own heart. Do you know who you are in Christ? Is God saying that same thing about you? He will say it even in the midst of all your sin, in the midst of all your brokenness. God will still say you're after his heart. Because why? Your heart is right before God. Your heart is right. So we go through a lot of things, amen? But let's, let me finish this. Let me finish this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers. Not just a river. Rivers. You know, right now, underneath my feet, right now, there could be a torrent river down underneath the ground. We can't even see it. But most of you are planted right here. You're planted here in this church, and that's your pastor. You need to rally around him, and you need to be fruitful. Amen. It's time out for y'all sitting up there not bringing people to church. It's time out for your lack of witnessing. Oh, I'm ashamed. Listen. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you when I stand before my Father. What good is your church if you're not building it? What good is your walk if you're not living it? What good is your fruit if you're not growing it? Because in that law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That brings his fruit in his season. Which season are you in? What season is your life in? What season is your walk in? Then it goes on to say, His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You want to be prosperous? Don't stand, sit, or operate with sinners. And it's okay to witness to them and it's okay to love them and you don't have to say nothing about their sin. Their sin is okay, amen? And it doesn't matter what their sin is. God loves that sinner just as much as he loves you with that halo that you placed around your own head. God loves that sinner. In fact, he's more for that sinner than he is for us because we're a tool to get to him, to, to bring him to Christ. Young ladies, quit worrying about your husband is coming from. God's got a man waiting for you right now. God's preparing him for you. You quit looking for him. Your job is to adorn yourself as the bride of Christ. So when he sees you, he knows what he's looking at. Get yourself ready to look like somebody who wants to be a wife of someone. Because I know how important that is to you young ladies. Oh, I want to be married. I want to be married. Really? Okay. Then get yourself ready. And you young men, Purity. Purity is the way to pure fruit. Purity. Yeah, I know. I know. You've, you've got all that anxiety built up in you, and that's okay. God made that naturally. Prepare yourself. Prepare your house. Get your job in order. Get your house in order. Get ready to go and find your bride. Quit putting the cart, the cart before the horse. And let God use you in a way that you've never thought you could be used. Because the more you walk in that Psalms 1, the more God will use you. The more you let go of your sin, the more God will bless you. The more you look to God, the more exploits you will have in Christ. Amen? 
Amen. So can we give God some praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Work out your own salvation, the Bible says. Quit trying to work on your neighbor. And one more thing. That Bible is not binoculars. It's a mirror. When you look at that Bible, you should only see yourself and how to help others. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.